I'm Nathan. And I'm Emily. And this is Twice as Less Not Perfect. A messy marriage podcast. We're here to get real with you about the fun and the flaws. The grief and the gratitude. The mirth and the myth of marriage. We all know that partnerships are powerful, but they're also pretty messy. And getting to the good stuff can take a lot of trial and error. So join us while we talk about our mistakes and the lessons we've learned about relationships. So far. Because it's not always perfect. But it's usually worth it. Cheers. Slancha. <laughs> Prost. Uh, no, that's uh, just thank you in Russian. You're just making up languages now. I can't remember what, well, prost, right? Visgoth. What do they say before they drink the vodka out Babushka. of their, out of their uh, elbow nooks? Elbow nooks? Yeah, it's a toast in Russian. I learned this Russians water would when drink I was eight. out of their elbow nooks. They do. They put the shot glass right in the middle of the nook. And then I got really good at it with water when I was a kid. Huh. Yeah. Because you weren't drunk. That's why. That's <laughs> true. It's much harder when you're actually yeah, drinking vodka. Yeah, when you're vodka. actually drinking vodka, it turns Speaking out. Speaking of which, we haven't <gasps> had a drink in... Brrr. 17 days? No, that's not true. I think true. it's like 14. <laughs> I, just, I just oversold it. Was two it. Sundays ago. Two Sundays ago. It's a big deal for us. Yeah. We're trying so. to drink less. And by less, I mean not at all. Not at all. Right. Except on Thanksgiving, we will be drinking. For sure. So. That's what I'm thankful for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thankful for all the food that we're not making, that we're having That's delivered true. to our house. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today's episode is going to be another sort of Q&A yeah. between the two of us uh, as a model of an exercise that you can do with your partner or with family via Zoom if you're spending the holidays apart and being safe. Um, they're just uh, three sets of questions to sort of get to know each other better. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. It, it kind of came from this place where we were feeling very disconnected from each other because I don't know if you know, this whole quarantining, social distancing thing has been going on for a long time. Guys, there's a pandemic it's on. It's really happening, and it's, it's worse than ever. It's real, and as is science. Yeah, yeah love and, that. And we really need to look after each other. It's a, it's a crazy time. Yeah. But we're pretty much, you know, because we're trying to be as safe as possible, we're, we're in our house yeah. And because together. of that, we have like no new experiences. We're working and here. And we're sh- sharing the same experiences, like... We find ourselves like walking in and like, how was your day? And you're like, well, another day. It was exactly the same as it was yesterday. Thanks for asking. (laughs) Well, what happened? Well, nothing. Nothing Nothing new, new. nothing exciting, nothing adventurous. It was just the same. We are out of new shared experiences. We are out of new individual experiences to talk Mm -hmm. about. Uh, So we're looking for ways to connect in this sort of drought. Yeah. We feel like <laughs> pinky in the brain. <laughs> what are we going to do tonight? Well, the same thing we do every night. Drink wine, watch Netflix, and be sad. <laughs> so that's how it goes, right? <laughs> Pretty sure. If anyone else out there is experiencing anything like that. You know. We feel you. Yep. <laughs> and we're we're going to attempt this uh, this exercise to try to, I don't know, uh, connect a little better. Yeah. So, and be present. So what we're trying to do is avoid this, uh, it's called the how trap, and it it comes from this article we found, 36 deep questions to ask your significant partner or other 
so you can really know them. <laughs> um, I just read that wrong. Um, yay, dyslexia. And the, But that how trap is basically when you're just getting into that pattern of like, how was your day? How are you feeling? Um, how how are things? How did the meeting go? How, and it, and it, it's really easy to just answer that as a surface level. It was fine. And that doesn't really tell anyone anything. And yeah. it's a really good way to like fake intimacy. Like, well, I asked you how your day was. You told me about your... You told me about your day. Yeah. I said, how was it? You said terrible. And then we left it at that. Intimacy achieved. And we turned on the TV. Yeah. Great. And what? So, what do you want? And so we're trying to avoid that. Like that. So it this the goal of these questions is to help us focus on who our partner is and who we are instead of how our partner is doing and how we are doing. And so it's a focus on not talking, but actually sharing, like mm-hmm. sharing experiences, sharing thoughts, sharing ideas. And this is really critical in a time when you're stuck in a house doing the same things every day, because the how isn't changing, but who might be changing all the time and probably is changing to be to be sure. Yeah. And not only is it good to check in and and make sure you're getting to know the who that is with you that day in your partner, but also the who you are. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, and I think something I've noticed about myself during this time is a sort of ambivalence towards a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's too much to feel all of the weight of all of the things happening in the world right now. And on the surface level, the day-to-day stuff is actually quite mundane. Right. I mean, I've kept myself pretty busy, but it's still like the same stuff basically every day in the same place. And I've sort of numbed myself to feeling too much. Yeah. So I'm not sure I'm entirely in touch with who I am right now. Right. So these questions hopefully will kind of trigger. Yeah. Or maybe not trigger, but that's probably the wrong word, but sort of light some parts of myself that need some attention. Mm-hmm. Shine a light on some of those yeah, things. Yeah, I love it. Okay. And so these these 36 questions, we're not going to talk about all of these questions today um, for time, but they're basically divided into three levels. There's general questions, which are easy. You could ask these to anybody, a perfect stranger who you've never met before. You could ask these first set of questions. The second set are personal questions, and they're ones that typically kind of happen naturally, as you and a person have a sort of shared experience. And then the third set are self-narrative questions, which have to be very purposeful. And what's interesting about these is they've actually used these questions with complete strangers um, who've never met before and had them ask the, all three sets of questions. And they reported a lot um, a lot more feelings of closeness and intimacy right away. Uh, there's people who are in this study who I read actually got married. They oh. actually met during the study, asked the questions of each other. They got married and they invited everybody in their research group to their <laughs> wedding. So like it does create a sense of shared experience and intimacy very, very quickly. Um, and married couples who engage in these also just report increased vulnerability, increased intimacy, um, because they're deep questions that allow you to probe different parts of yourself and learn new things about your partner. You think you know everything about them and you're going to be surprised. So to be full disclosure, we have not really thought about these questions at all. Right. Right. And my goal personally with Mm -hmm. this exercise is to answer as 
authentically and with my sort of first gut instinct Mm -hmm. as I can. Uh, I I know that I tend to maybe talk around answers a lot (laughs) and jump around a lot, and I'm going to try very hard to answer the question exactly and as honestly as I can. Absolutely. So as we go through this, keep in mind for the holidays, great opportunity to, whether you're having a holiday alone or a very small group where you're doing things over Zoom, throw some of these questions out, really engage people. It'll be a good way to connect as opposed to sitting on Zoom being like, how is the turkey? It was dry. How is the dessert? It was good. You know, It'll help you kind of break through some of that physical barrier that I know we're all feeling and we're all kind of upset and sad about. And this will help us break through that and really feel connected with the people around us who we love. Yeah. Love it. All right. Here we go. Are we ready? Yes. Set one. Should I ask first or should you ask first? Uh, You go ahead. Okay. First question. This is the first set of questions. The easy ones. Yeah. Okay. Given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. That's where I am today. I've had this question before <laughs> and I've answered other ways. Um, and it, it was a toss. It's a toss between Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Elizabeth Warren. Oh, but Elizabeth yeah. Warren's a little bit younger. <laughs> a little bit. And I mean, she's not dead. So. Right? Uh, so it's a little more realistic. I, as a, a really strong go-getter female and someone I, I really admire in terms of her work ethic and her positivity, mm-hmm. you know, forget about politics, just sort of like, how do you get ahead in this world that's very much dominated by men? And how do oh. you not let it get you down? I love it. Yeah. Yours is much better than mine. I was like, Russell Brand. Well, but that's great. I have a crush on Russell Brand. Okay. But we're not both answering <laughs> all know, questions. We won't get through that. Okay. Would you like to be famous? And in what way? Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> very honest. Yeah. Um, wow. I would love to be famous. I mean, in the in the sense of like, if it was fame tied to something really meaningful, right? Like, like a, a public speaker or someone in education who achieved a certain level of renown. Like, I, I think fame tied to meaning. You know, as a as a vindication that you're you're saying the right things, you're connecting to people. Like, Not so, fame for fame's sake, but right. fame for having contributed something right. meaningful you've, to society. You're reaching people in a really meaningful way, and they are uh, responding to that, and it becomes something where you're creating a environment where people are feeling connected, and people are feeling like truth is being spoken. You know, and I think uh, as a kid, you know, I wanted to be. A basketball player and then like a pop star and then a movie star, like all of those things. And like yeah. none of those things stuck because they didn't really have a lot of meaning to me. It was all, it all felt very self-serving. Right. You know? Um, and I think that's why those things didn't stick. Great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Before making a phone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say and why? I do. I, it depends on the phone call. If it's a a work-related call, I do, mm-hmm. because I get nervous. There's that whole imposter syndrome thing. Going sure. back to Elizabeth Warren, how do you do it? Uh, if I if I have a work call, I like to sort of even jot down bullet points uh-huh. of what I want to say and questions I want to ask. Sure. But if it's a social call, no. 
But then do you do that and then actually like rehearse it, like say it in the mirror? Or do you just like have your notes? It depends on how nervous I am. Okay. Usually I just have my notes. Sometimes I will maybe go for a walk and mutter to myself mm-hmm. different ways that I can ask mm-hmm. different questions. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so that I don't stumble over my words or have to backtrack or something like that. Yeah. Next question. Nate, what would constitute a perfect day for you? Ooh, a perfect day, perfect day. for me. Yeah. Okay. I wake up in New Zealand. I've never been to New Zealand, but <laughs> I assume if I'm there, it's going to be a perfect day. We tour Hobbiton, and then we have a delightful second breakfast, um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, go into an amazing like little town or village and sit outside and drink local beers and wines and then have a lovely evening stroll through a beautiful like little downtown together, you know, and then retire to our adorable little hotel where we can have awesome sex. There's the sex. Well, look, look. <laughs> It's my perfect were, day. <laughs> I thought you were going to start with it. So Just I was, lead with that? Yeah. You love it in the morning. Well. <laughs> Should I not have told the world that? Look, I love it when I can get it. I was just surprised <laughs> that you didn't say it right away. And I was like, well, is he going to forget to say it? And then I would really have had to give you some shit. <laughs> but you didn't. I didn't. Okay, good. Sounds like a great day. Uh, right? Love that. When did you last sing to yourself or to someone else? That's a great question because I sing sort of for a living. Right. Uh, so there's a lot of time I spend singing, but it's demonstrating to students or mm-hmm. singing for my job. The last time I sang to myself, it was after a voice lesson. One of my students is working on this amazing song, Melody Jardot. I think that's her name. If the stars were mine, it's a beautiful song. Look her up. She's wonderful jazz singer. Um, and then I just love the song so much. I was singing it to myself and I got, I took a lot of joy from that. When was the last time I sang to someone else as like a gift for them? Yeah. Oh, because I don't, I'm an out of work theater performer. I haven't done it for an audience, but we did it in our holiday radio play. We recorded Mm -hmm. us singing and that deck the halls is fierce. I said it earlier. I'm going to say it now for the record. (laughs) Uh, People haven't received that gift yet, but they will shortly when the radio play opens. Also in the cabin with Oh yeah. Yeah. We last, uh, about a month ago, we went to a cute little cabin in the woods with my folks and we had a little jam sesh. A little ukulele sing along. Yeah. It we sang some adorable. Nora Jones and yeah. maybe some other stuff. Yeah. It was that it was, was really fun. Good. Yeah. Okay. If you were able to live to the age of ninety and retain either the mind or the body of a thirty year old for the last sixty years of your life, which would you choose? Okay. I would take the body of a thirty year old. Because just because you're old doesn't mean your mind is gone, right? Right. So I will take the odds that if I have the body of a 30-year-old and I can be active and I can stay active and go out and do the things I want to do and engage in the world and do all of those things, that my mind will stay active and I will also have all of that gained wisdom. Because I assume if I'm stuck at 30 in my mind that I don't get all that 60 years of like wisdom accrual. And I want to accrue that wisdom. So I'll take 30-year-old body, 90-year-old mind. I'm with you 100% on that. Yep. 
yes, 30-year-old body. Yes, 30-year-old body. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> okay. Ooh, I love this question so much. So dark. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? That's a really good question. <laughs> it's probably cancer. <laughs> oh just, my God. I mean, just those playing the odds here. Right. I I hope it's not coronavirus. I think I'll fall. Really? Yeah. Don't say that. Well, I do. That's my biggest fear is watching Shh. somebody fall and die, fall to their death. Maybe, Are you kidding me? Maybe you're just making me nervous. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and so I'm on guard about falling. I'm like, I better be careful not to fall here. Uh, Emily would be t- t- devastated. Oh, that's terrible. I can never unhear that. You make me nervous. You weren't even supposed to answer the Every question. Every time I go on the you roof, took, you're like, you bogarted the answer <laughs> and then gave me this thing I don't know what to do with. For me, <laughs> it's either cancer or a respiratory infection. <laughs> That's what I think. Not Corona. I'm not going to, it's not going to happen. That's not going to get yet. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, this is good because it's timely for Thanksgiving <gasps> mm-hmm. week. For what in your life do you feel most grateful? Right now, today, I feel just very grateful for the amount of stability that we currently have. Like looking around and seeing all of these people who have lost jobs, lost people, lost loved ones, lost shared experiences with loved ones, um, you know, going through it financially, career, all of those things. I'm I'm just so grateful that I have maintained my health. I have been able to keep my job and been able to like keep things going. You know, so that we're not having to make decisions that put our lives at risk, you know, and I realize we're very fortunate and very lucky to be able to like batten down the hatches and go inside our house, lock the doors and just kind of stay put, you know, because of jobs and things like that. Very, very grateful for that more than anything this year. I'm grateful for that. Nice. Okay. Uh, If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Great. Many people might assume I'm going to say I wish my parents hadn't divorced. That is not true. I'm so I'm actually really grateful for the way that worked out. I do think if I had a choice, I would have allowed myself I wish that I had more freedom to explore and push boundaries as a child and make mistakes and express my ideas and opinions uh, free of judgment. I think that I spend a lot of time in my adult years being worried that I'm overstepping, uh, feeling like I need to be very agreeable all the time in order to mm-hmm. succeed, and I don't really own my truth or take up space in the way that I would like. Do you feel like that's a part of your personality, or is it more a part of like your conditioning? I think it's both. I Uh think it's pretty equal. I think there's a lot about my personality that's just like, yeah, sure. That sounds like a great idea. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I am pretty laid back. I like to sit back and listen and observe Mm -hmm. and, and absorb a lot before I contribute. Uh Um, but then when it comes time to contributing, that's where I find blockage Mm -hmm. that I have trouble owning that and being strong in my ideas. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and really hearing my voice 
with all of the other voices that I'm absorbing. You know, I'm, I have trouble muting all of those voices mm. to allow mine to ring clear. Do you feel like there's a lot of filtering your own voice through the voice of others oh, too? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's such a complex process, you know, yeah. that, that exploring boundaries because that, that feeling of what I'm saying is what I think, but I'm filtering all the thoughts of everyone else that's put those things in my yeah. mind too. And I'm kind of refiltering that and putting out that out in my own words. Right. And sometimes yeah. I'm unsure whether I'm I'm just regurgitating mm-hmm. someone else's voice. Yeah. You know, as opposed to right. forming my own opinion yeah. based off of the information I'm receiving and being true to that. Yeah. Is this true to me or is this true to the world around me? The loudest yeah. voice or the sweetest voice. Oh, that's so fascinating. <laughs> we have a whole episode on that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained one oh. quality or ability, what would it be? I think one quality, I think just a true sense of being in the moment, like purely and truly in the moment and detaching from things I can't control. So I don't know if you want to call it uh, enlightenment or mindfulness, but just a really truly centered sense of like peace in any given moment. So like be aware of where I am, look around and be like, not in my control, not in my control, not my control. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And just be centered in that truth always. And try not to get out ahead of myself. I mean, You people... thought I was going to say invisibility, but... No. Nope. <laughs> I would never think you would say that. <laughs> the, the one who wants to be famous so much. <laughs> Secretly famous. Not anymore. Uh, that concludes the set... That's set one. Yeah. Okay. This first set of questions. So those are kind of like the... You know, rapid fire, kind of roll them off. Get a sense of this person. Yeah. And they, and I noticed as we were answering them, they get a little deeper as you go. Uh huh. Yeah. Because they're transitioning towards you to the the second level, a little deeper uh, questions. So these are questions for people who have some shared experience. Is this my question? (laughs) It is. I think because I did the last one. If a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? How. Other people really see me. Oh. Based off of, I mean, as opposed to how I think they see me. Uh huh. I want to know exactly how I seem to the rest of the world. Interesting. Yep. Oh, wow. I wouldn't want to know that at all. I do. I do because <laughs> I think that perhaps I, I blow. It out of proportion. I assume everybody thinks I'm this big failure sometimes, uh-huh. you know, like I assume the worst. And and I'd like to know when in fact that's not the case. Right. Because I think that will make me feel better. Undoubtedly, you, there are several people I, out there that think I'm a big fat you're failure. Your own hardest crit- critic. Yeah. You know. So I, I would like an objective view oh. collective <laughs> from everyone else. I love it. How I come across, and then I might realize that. People don't really think about me that much. People are too worried about themselves. Yeah. I See, I would never want to know that because I'd be like, he is an asshole. <laughs> and all he does is talk. And he has a lot of opinions and not a lot of knowledge. And look at him go. That sounds like you know. Well, Just kidding. No. <laughs> no. Okay. But this that's not your question. This one's your I question. Know. Okay. Mm. 
Is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time? Why haven't you done it? Stand-up comedy. <gasps> oh, yes. That's good. That's good. Oh. Would Okay, what style of stand-up comedy would you do? Would it be like... Um, oh, like long-form, like... Eddie Izzard style? Like really like crazy, weird storytelling that comes around in like a very weird way. Like, okay. Kind of un, like unconventional. I think you're doing that here now mm. on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is all just one big no. joke. <laughs> Okay. But yeah, I, that's always been something I always found really interesting. I think because it does blend, it's such it's such an interesting form of storytelling and connecting to people, and connecting with people who are very diverse and different. You know, mm-hmm. and I think there's something that stand up comedians are able to do is they're able to like break through uncomfortable things. Yeah. You know, and more and more they catch hell for it, but yeah, but they keep doing it. It's amazing. They're like yeah. the one group of people. That is, you can't cancel a comedian. Like, it's almost impossible. Yeah. Because. Look at Dave Chappelle on SNL recently. Right. That that was uh, arguably a little bit uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. that set. Yeah. But it's it's really brave. And we have to be able to look at uncomfortable things and find some levity in them, I think, sometimes. Yeah. And he says says things that you hear and you're like, oh, my gosh. I, I don't know if that's. Funny or uncomfortably funny, or I'm laughing because it's just not. I would not. I can't even envision a world where I would ever say such a thing. Well, and he he's you know I think comedians more too now are are looking for mm-hmm. ways to not just make yeah. people laugh at the expense of whatever the circumstances, but forcing people to to sit in that yeah. discomfort for a little bit and yeah. and think about why they feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's. Really great. For years, like, my favorite comedians were, like, Dave Chappelle and Eddie Izzard. Absolutely. But my my hero right now is Hannah Gadsby. Oh, my God. Hannah Gadsby. She is brilliant. Uh, she is, like, defying rules, yeah. breaking conventions. Her big one. And, her big one was? Uh, 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 um, um, d- starts with date. I don't remember the name. <laughs> there are two with Two names. Netflix specials. Netflix, yeah. Hannah Gadsby, look them up. Look at them. They're amazing. They're both just awesome. brilliant. Yep. Hannah Gadsby. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I've lost our place. What is the greatest accomplishment of your life? Oh, man. <laughs> the greatest? The. I can only pick one? Single greatest accomplishment. This might seem stupid. <laughs> I think it's this marriage. Oh. Because <laughs> I am learning more and more every day about myself that I use over-analyzation, like I overly self-analyze as a way of not dealing with things that are right in front of me. Mm-hmm. If I get too antsy in a certain situation or I've been living in a place too long, I'll rearrange the furniture. I'll bail on my friends. I'll just lose touch with somebody I've been very close to. Mm-hmm. I'll do something to sabotage whatever I have going th- that's gone on for a while because I have a hard time sitting in something for a long time. Mm. And despite the hard times we've had um, and – the times where I did want to bail, uh, I stuck with it, and I'm so glad that I have. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and I'm committed, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really like working through that stuff and being able to push through the hard stuff to get to the other side has been really rewarding and will continue to, I'm I'm sure. I love this because, <laughs> see, it's all edited out, so you're not going to hear this because it sounds like she just jumped straight to the cheesy, like, it's our marriage answer. But she sat there in silence for 30 seconds <laughs> and we <laughs> and hit pause <laughs> to get the, to the point to say that. And it's just like marvelous to like watch that work across her face. But, you know, that, that dead air was like real. It was like, I was like watching, like, what is she going to say? That's a tough question. It's a really tough question. It's like so vulnerable. And it's also like, because immediately my mind goes to anything I say is going to be stupid yeah. and is going to look, seem like a failure and not big, that big of a deal. That's half of my- uh, all a big deal. That's half of my pause right, right there was like, <laughs> how do I not sound like a dummy? <laughs> or like, you can't pick one thing. Right. This one show I did right. was my crowning achievement. Oh, God. <laughs> High school. A lot of people. Ah. <laughs> um, okay. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Um, <laughs> ooh, what do you value most in a friendship? What I value most in a friendship is, I think, honestly, it's got to be, for me, it's intimacy. I don't have a lot of very close friends. And if you're not a person I can talk to about real things... I'm really not interested, or at least I can't really en- engage with people, you know, on a surface level. I have a really hard time with that. I'm actually really awkward engaging with people on a surface level. Like I'm, I'm very personable. I'm very like I go to like a, a work function, like with a big group of people, and I'm actually while I'm very vocal and very energetic and very friendly, I really ha- I usually hang back to myself because I'm not comfortable being being like, well, what do you do? Oh, that sounds like an interesting, I can't do that nonsense, that small talk thing. And I feel Mm. the same way with friends. If we're friends and it's just like, how's work? I don't care. Like, and I won't (laughs) hang out with those. You should use these questions. Yeah. Right. And and so I have a couple (laughs) really, really good friends. And I think it's because they're the type of people that maybe I won't see them for years. And I'll come across them again. And it's like we pick up right where we left off. And they're like, hey, last time we talked, you were really going through this like really rough time with that. How is that now? How did you get out of it? Interesting. We went through a similar thing. And this is how we got past that. And I think that connection of, you know, a friend is somebody you should be able to bounce ideas off of and grow with and grow from, from like a place of that's a little bit removed where you can be treated a little bit like they'll hear your side of it and of things and be accepting of you and who you are and be a cheerleader for you, but also like get in your face a little bit when you're not right, you know? And I, I think those are the, the, I think I can think of three people who are, are friends of mine that I like really feel that way with. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and I value that more than anything. Awesome. Okay. What is your most treasured memory? It's probably our wedding. I have a two marriage answers in a row, but 
Yeah, I mean, I think I'd have to say our wedding. I think it it flew by. It mm-hmm. went so fast. Mm-hmm. It was so fun and joyful. And we had a very small group of guests there, but they were the people who were closest to us mm-hmm. in the whole world. And as soon as we finished it, I wanted to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then every time we've traveled, basically. Yeah. But it, there are too many to name. Can I break the rules and share one of these? Sure. Okay. One of my most treasured memories is actually snorkeling with you and your mom and Dan. Because I am terrified of open water. And they were all like, we're going snorkeling. And I was like, well, I will be in the boat, I said to myself. And <laughs> and immediately I was like, no, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Like, you're going to Hawaii. You have to do this. And it doesn't matter how afraid you are. You have to do it. And it was just this, like, really sense of, like, a group of people being like, it's great. You're going to love it. It's all good. You don't have to be worried. And I like did it. And I felt like I caught, like I really conquered something. Mm -hmm. Like I conquered a very legitimate, real fear that I have. Mm -hmm. And it felt amazing. And then to like climb up out of that and have like the three of you be like, you did that. You did it. It was like so silly. It's like the most undangerous thing (laughs) ever. But I just, to have like that happened and it feels so supported in in that yeah and feeling like if i can do this i can do other things that scare me yeah and it was a really like really amazing moment for me where i felt like i had to push past that yeah because so i didn't miss out yeah you know i was always afraid of missing out bomo yeah that support is the difference yeah between yeah. Doing that thing again and moving and pushing uh-huh. forward or n- never going there mm-hmm. ever again and not doing things that scare right. you. That support is really, really important. Yeah. Cool. Well, here's another question for you, Nate. Okay. <laughs> what is what is your most terrible memory? My most terrible memory? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, you really wanted to answer the other one. Now yeah. <laughs> My most terrible memory... My most, <laughs> I haven't even said it yet. I'm a mess. I think my most terrible memory um, was actually when I was in high school. And my grandmother, who I was very, very close to growing up, was living with us. And she was suffering from like breast cancer for the third time. She had it three times. She defeated it twice, got past the five year mark both times. And the third time, it was just, there's nothing left to be done. And she lived with us during that time. And it was like this time of like a lot of change. And I was 17, 18 at the time. And I just was not, I was not equipped to deal with it. Emotionally, just experience wise, I was just woefully equipped. And it was, I, and there was a lot of friction and a lot of fighting in my house around it because we were all stressed. We were all watching it happen in our living room every day, you know, and instead of like talking to my grandma, spending time with my grandma, asking my grandma the questions that I knew I was never going to get to ask, I hid and I never actually confronted it. And it would kind of burst out in these very raw, uh, explosive moments. And I I just never confronted it. And I, I feel like there's things about her that I missed out on finding out 
because I just didn't have the words to face it and say, I'm going to ask you this because I know this is my last chance to ask you this. So I'm just going to hide away. Mm. That's the one. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So that's also a bit of a a regret as well as a memory. I mean, you remember that feeling of being Mm -hmm. sort of paralyzed. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, oh no, now you ask me. No, I ask you. Okay, um, if you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, would you change anything about the way you are living now and why? (laughs) (laughs) I thought about this, like if, God forbid, coronavirus were to come get me, I think I would, I wouldn't change too much about the way I'm living my life. Except that I would change my thinking about how I am approaching the way I'm living my life. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Like certain things that I really stress about or that I get worked up about or worry about, like what people think of me or if I'm doing the right thing, if everybody's pleased with the job I'm doing, I would let that go. Mm -hmm. I think I would let that go. To quote the Buddha. You would let that shit go. Let that shit go. (laughs) And I'd I'd travel as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I would tell people I love them more and have more meaningful conversations like this. Yeah. With them. Mm -hmm. Those are sort of the big things. Change how I I approach my interactions with people um, and how much I stress about it. I would seek genuine connection Mm -hmm. and I would travel and have as many new experiences as I could. Um, what roles do love and affection play in your life? Oh my goodness. I think that I view affection through a lens of very, um, close intimacy. I'm not actually, I'm not actually very affectionate. I'm not a hugger. You know, I'm not, I'm not the sort of person who's just like, I'm just going to hug this person I just met. Like, it's like not... Not something I'm actually very comfortable with. And so I think affection is something reserved for a very, very small set of people. So I, I think love, I feel love for a lot of of people. But how do you show that love if not through affection? I guess it depends on what form of affection. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the that's the thing. Right. It doesn't know? have to be physical. Right. I think I view I think oftentimes we go to affection and we think about the physical first, but I'm glad you reframed it that way because I think affection to me means honesty. Like I'm I have affection for you, so I'm I'm going to ask you how you're doing and I'm really going to listen. I'm going to really try to connect with you in a conversation. You know, I I I like that aspect of like connecting with people and having uh, and showing affection in that way. I, I like grand gestures, but I like grand gestures again with people I know really, really well. And I'm very, very close to. That's something I, I actually wish I was a little more like open about is just like showing affection to a larger group of people instead of keeping that all very contained, hmm. you know, because I think... Affection is something that you can show in a lot of different ways, and there's no like limit to how much you can show. It's it's a it's a renewable resource, right? Like you mm-hmm. can continue to renew that. It doesn't actually deplete you. 
showing affection to somebody, right. you know, and whether that's in word or deed or action, you know, or, or actual physical touch, you can always ha- have a little more to give, you know. I wish I took the time to actually do it more because hmm. I have more than I could give. I'm just, I just have always kept that a little, like, like I guess limited to a, a smaller group of people. Hmm. Okay. Um, okay. How close and warm is your family? Do you feel your childhood was happier than most other people's? <laughs> well, speaking of affection and just not being super, you know, being a hugger, uh, my family is super, super warm and affectionate mm-hmm. and close, I would say. <laughs> Uh, you know, we'd spend a lot of time emphasizing our our love as, you know, for each other and for the family. And, and that's really great. I've never felt unloved or unsupported. I wouldn't say I think my childhood is happier than other people. I don't, I don't think it was any happier or less happy than others. I think it was just different. You know, mm-hmm. I had a different upbringing than a lot of people... I grew up with because my parents weren't together. And that's more common, I think, these days. Mm-hmm. But I, in some ways, I feel like I have two childhoods. Yeah. Because yeah. I had my relationship with my dad, and I think back on that as sort of one thing. And then I think back on my upbringing and my relationship with my mom growing up, and that was a completely different thing. And they're both wonderful and both so different. So in some ways, I, I consider myself lucky because I, ha- I had two, you know, upbringings and two childhoods. I, I view, like, I hear about your childhood and I'm always sort of in awe of it, right? Because you had this sort of hard scrabble upbringing, you know, living mm-hmm. with your mom and you were working all the time doing doing a ton of right we didn't have a lot of money so. work and a ton of working and like you were a, like a grinder and a hustler yeah I was a know? hustler and then you had this like uh, other period of growing up with your dad and like I just think of like it, it found it sounded so like bohemian and exciting <laughs> you know because you were hanging out in Lake Tahoe with a bunch of theater people and like having this whole like you know, almost like a commune. It sounds like a little commune, <laughs> right? Um, with them. And I think it, that's just so interesting to me. There you was know. a lot of karaoke. Yeah, you know. and <laughs> That's so, what communes do. Yeah, they do karaoke. <laughs> that's what they do. You know, my in my, my upbringing was much more nuclear. And I think that's partly why I, I am a little more like withdrawn because our family was kind of very small and, mm-hmm. you know, tight. And so it's really, it's just really interesting to me. Those two very different experiences you had. And like, I just see those echoed in so much of what you do and what you say and how you interact with the world, because you can like one moment be the most like hard scrabble, like to the point, this is what we got to do. No nonsense. No nonsense. Step one, step two, this is how we do it. And then you can like pivot like 90 degrees and be like, <laughs> let's go run through the fields and the flowers and let's go here and let's go there. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, she's like, but first we have to do A, B, C, D, and E. And then we can go frolic in fields. I'm like, oh, can't we just go frolic in the fields? You're like, nope. A, B, C, D first, then frolicking in fields. And it's just like- Depends on if we're on vacation. It depends, right? It's really amazing- to watch that, that, how quickly you can go back and forth between the two. Right? Keeps you on your toes, It does Jones. keep me on my toes. <laughs> um, awesome. No, yeah, I love it. Okay. 
So we're getting into the third uh, The third wave. set. We're not mm-hmm. a- answering as many of these because a lot of these we've covered in depth for an hour at a time on yeah. previous episodes. Yeah, and they're longer yeah. probably to answer. Yeah. Okay, here's a good one. Okay. Share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life. Oh, yes. Uh, you're so glad you got this one. <laughs> so when I was in third grade or so, I used to do um, the YMCA like after school program Mm -hmm. um, for a few hours every day until my parents could like come and pick me up from work. So it's a large group of kids, probably about 30 kids total, all different grades, K to, you know, K to six, essentially. And so there are these two older brothers, they were twin brothers. They went on to become, I will say, 5A wrestling champions in the state of Arizona. So I, this is like a little feather in my cap about this one, but I was in the bathroom and I was really embarrassed because, like, everyone had jeans at the time. Like, jean shorts were becoming the thing, right, like, that you had to have. And I was yeah. still, like, running around in, like, basketball shorts. Kids would make fun of me all the time. They didn't have jean shorts. <laughs> and then I was in the bathroom, and these two brothers came into the bathroom, and one of them, like, depantsed me Aww. because I had, like, a waistband, right? Yeah. And I came unglued. Unglued. I literally, with pants around my ankles and my little like tidy whitey fruit of the looms, jumped on one of the brothers' backs, like <laughs> jumped and like had him in like a neck lock. And these kids were like probably two heads taller than me. And I was like pounding him on the back of the head. And his like brother, five future 5A state wrestling champion, was like, let him go. Let him go. And like we spilled out of the bathroom into this like full gymnasium spun around in circles <laughs> them trying to pull me off of him with my pants around my ankles Aww. in front of like 30 people and I was like crying Aww. and I was like so enraged and I was so pissed off and upset and hurt and angry and ashamed and all of these things of course looking at how this all actually played out I look like an insane person <laughs> and like the way that all happened afterward, when it was like the time to sit down and like actually talk about what happened with the counselors and mm-hmm. my parents and all that, it was very much the like, why did you react the way that you did? And I was like, what? I was so I was so upset and pissed that I was being like questioned as right. to why right. this this happened, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I, I was not the instigator here, you know, but that I just like picture how that must have looked to see this like nine-year-old just like swinging around like a human cape with his pants around his ankles flying around and these like two kids just like screaming at me literally like trying to pull me off it was so sounds like directly from a 80s film awful (laughs) it was awful I've never been so like I saw red, like no. I, like time, time went away for yeah. a period. And the next thing I knew, I was like, somehow someone had a hold of me and I was like going after these two mm-hmm. kids. It was, it was awesome. I look at it now and I'm like, well done me. <laughs> I saw like, and it wasn't like years later in high school, I, I saw like a picture of them. I was like, oh, the Peters brothers, 5A wrestling champions. Yeah. <laughs> I took them on. I held my own. Pants around my ankles. Didn't matter. No but big deal. No big deal. But it was, oh my God. It was oh, horrifying. I was horrifying. Okay. Oh, when did you last cry in front of another person or by yourself? 
Well, I just cried a little. <laughs> <laughs> Not hearing you tell that story, but uh, when I was talking about our marriage being my greatest accomplishment. And I'm not sure why that was so emotional for me. I think sometimes it's hard for me to, it almost like talking about our marriage in that way. Like I have this weird idea that that's super sappy or disingenuous or something. Mm -hmm. And I feel a great deal of vulnerability because I think I have a really hard time honestly and directly showing people how much I love them. And I'm going to cry again (laughs) because (laughs) it's, I don't know why it's scary, Mm -hmm. but it feels really risky. And, um, and even we've been together over 10 years now. And I, to say that about our, our marriage, I don't, I don't know why, but it, um, it's scary and it's, uh, vulnerable and makes me, uh, emotional um, well, last time I cried by myself, I often, I, I feel like I used to cry a lot by myself and lately I haven't as much. Mm-hmm. Um, it was election week and I had a, a session with my therapist and, and I said, I, I, I'm having a really hard time with all of this right now. And she recommended that I put on a sappy movie and, wrap myself in a blanket and ugly cry (laughs) my way through it. And I just thought, that's the most absurd thing I've ever heard of. Like, I'm not that kind of girl that just puts on a sappy movie and has a good cry. Uh It comes on suddenly. You know, I don't, I don't ever do it on purpose. Uh And it used to come more often than it, than it does. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Um, in some ways I think it probably is. Mm -hmm. And other ways, I think, well, maybe I'm just holding on to a lot of stuff I need to let go. Uh-huh. So I can't tell you the last time I really cried to myself. Yeah. Um, okay. So what, if anything, is too serious to be joked about? This is a good question You're for you. asking the wrong person this or question. The or the right person. <laughs> um, okay. So what, if anything, is too serious to be joked about? I will just say say it honestly and plainly. I have a dark, dark sense of humor. Like, if you want to make a room go silent during a game of Cards Against Humanity, like, mm. I'm, your, I'm your guy. Um, <laughs> so, like, I don't think – there's, like, nothing that I can't find levity in, but also, if you're going to be that type of person, you just – you have to be a responsible person version of that person. There are people who will make a joke about anything in front of anyone, and that's a problem, right? You you want to not be tone deaf. Right, right. Yeah, read like, the room. Yeah, like the things I say to you in private Correct. are not things that I would utter to anyone else in the world. Same. Right? And I think that comes from a sense of trust and I think a sense of absurdity and I think we we get each other's sense of humor in that. So I don't, you know, I try not to view of like, well, these are things we can make fun of and these are things we can't make fun of. And I try to view things and like everything can be made fun of, but why are you making fun of it? What's the point of making fun of it? Are you trying to compare it to something else? Are you commenting on it, referencing it? Are you connecting it to the opposite point of view? You know, I, and I think that's 
the nuance that one always has to be aware of. Yeah, know? and depending on the intention behind right. that joke, right. it may be received Correct. in a way that you right. didn't yeah. hope for. Yeah, <laughs> and so like that's why I, I very much, I, I would say it's not so much like what can be made fun of, it's like what can you make fun of in front of different audiences and different groups? And tread carefully. And if you say like, well, that'll be a funny thing to say. And then they're like, that was not funny at all. You'd be like, you're right. It was not. Right. And then like, you know, uh, walk it back, you know, and be like, you're right. I was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. That was terrible. That was in poor taste. That was in poor taste. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It's important to laugh though. Yeah. When you can. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, if you were to die this evening, you get all the death ones. <laughs> if you were to die this evening with no opportunity to communicate with anyone, what would you most regret not having told someone? Why haven't you told them yet? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would regret not saying this to my parents, each of them separately, but essentially this. Nothing you could do or could have done would make me not love you and respect you. I admire you more than you know. I'm an adult now, and I understand how hard it is to be an adult. And while I don't have kids, I can understand how hard it is to be an adult and also try to be a good example for your kids and raise them right. I know that everybody makes mistakes. I've made my fair share of them. And if you want to talk about it, I'm here. Uh, If you don't know that I love you, I'm grateful for you. I wouldn't have chosen it any other way. And um, I look forward to hugging you again. (laughs) The gutsy move, Van Fleet. Real gutsy. If I'm dying tonight, I... Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Set three. No (laughs) joke. All right. (laughs) There, I said it. Yeah, you said it. Okay. Nate. Yeah. Your house containing everything you own catches fire. (laughs) (laughs) After saving your loved ones and pets, thank you, you have time to safely make a final dash to save any one item. What would it be and why? This is going to sound ridiculous because it's it's ridiculous, but it's it's within it's because it's within that I'm grabbing my com- my computer because <laughs> it has our entire like shared experience on it. It it is all of our photos. It is the the, the shows we've directed together, the vows we've written, the music list, like the the playlist we've created, all of these things that or housed in this stupid electronic device that I don't actually really care about, except that it has all of that on it. Yeah. You know, safe, uh, backed up, you know, so that it can be recovered. You Couldn't know? you get it from the cloud if you Wait, lost your computer? I can get it from the cloud. <laughs> Never mind. Scratch that. I'm getting the sunflower box then. I'm getting the sunflower box. <laughs> Well, it's too late because it's no, already No, I'm getting up. the sunflower box. I'm going in up. a second time. Ashes. 
oh, I was like, all that stuff is on there, but that's all on and the it's cloud. Up, it's right? all on the cloud. Wait it's a minute. Up? No, I'm getting the sunflower box, which has um, all of our love letters. Wedding invitations. Uh, wedding invitations, a, a copy of our wedding CD, uh, the little wishbones we broke for things, our little our ring the, box. The blue sunflower seeds. The blue sunflower, sunflower seeds that were dyed our the, teeth smurf blue. Other things turned blue as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's all there. So I'm grabbing the sunflower box <laughs> addendum. <laughs> Awesome. Well, now you know. <laughs> now I so know. So when we do have the a thing. fire. Well, knock on wood. That will Yeah, happen. I come out. I'm like, I got the computer, babe. You're like, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I would have picked the sunblower box, too. But then you said computer. I was like, oh, I probably get my computer. Because <laughs> I want the podcast. But. Yeah, it's out there. It's out there. So we can find. We're it. fine. Phew. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, of God. all the people in your family, again, this is so ridiculous. Why do I get these? Uh, do you want to switch? Let's switch. Okay. Okay. Just right. uh, yeah. Do you, okay. I'll ask this one. Ask me that one. Share a personal problem and ask your partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. Also, ask your partner to reflect back to you how you seem to be feeling about the problem you have chosen. I feel like we do this a lot all the we time. We do this a lot all the time. But this is good because I love giving you advice. You do. <laughs> Should I give you one I haven't given you before? Yes. Let's see if I can think mm. of one. Personal mm-hmm. problem. Sometimes I wish I were more feminine. Sometimes I think that I used to be more feminine and I lost that somehow when I became more practical or anti-makeup, anti, you know, all those trappings that women have, you know, smelly soaps and all those things that cost more just because they're for ladies. Mm -hmm. But I've been feeling this as a real dilemma lately because I do feel good when I have just gotten my hair done or have fancy nails or use a smelly soap. And I don't allow myself those little indulgences indulgences Mm -hmm. i don't allow myself to take joy in them baths anymore you know Mm -hmm. or um dressing up wearing makeup just because i want to so sometimes i feel like that's part of me i'm stifling Mm -hmm. as opposed to a thing i really want Uh uh-huh and i'm not sure interesting so take that advice i would give (laughs) funny you know i think it is interesting because I don't know if this is something I have contributed to, but I, I, I love the fact that you're not overly into those things, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I said so. Like, it's not something that matters to me, yeah. right? That you're Which, super feminine God. and, like, dress a certain way and, do, like, do certain things. Like, I don't care. I love you. I don't love the stuff you put on your face, right? But <laughs> that that being said... Just because I feel that way about you doesn't mean that I've ever intended to keep you from doing those things. So I think in terms of like things like dressing up, feeling a certain way, I think oftentimes it's helpful to create the reason, you know, um, I miss this dress. I, I haven't worn this in a long time. I haven't done this in a certain time. Let's create an experience worthy of that. And do that, Mm. you know, and then we have the shared benefit 
of then I also get to engage in that process for my own self. Because I think right now, especially, there is no reason to dress up for anything. And it's hilarious. There's been these like days I'm like on Zoom calls all the time and I'm like not dressing up. And then I'll like put on jeans and you're like, oh, jeans today. And I'm like, yeah, jeans. That's right. (laughs) And so I think, you know, I think that that feeling of now, especially we have to create the reason to do those, those things, you know? And I think like, you want to like take a bath and use bath bombs and all those things. (laughs) That's awesome. And so on a day where you're feeling really stressed and worn down and like you need to be alone. Let's do that. Send me on an errand and I'll go get some stuff and I'll bring it back to you so you can like relax and Don't go get corona though and bring it back. I won't do that. No. Okay. No, but it's you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because those types of activities mm-hmm. and indulgences I I would tend to reserve for when I was out of town on one specific gig uh-huh. and it was the Indianapolis Symphony right. gig. Yeah. And I would get some like smelly lotion and mm-hmm. I get a few bath bombs because mm-hmm. I had this tub at the hotel. And it was just, it's a gig where everybody was just a little bit fancier. Yeah. You know, everybody's dressed up for the holidays all the time. It was the symphony. So we were all, you know, you're mm-hmm. expected just to be a little bit more dressed up. And yeah. and it was it was kind of lovely. Yeah. Um, it annoyed me a little bit at first, but then I started to really get into it. Right. And, uh, and I would be in the hotel, so I would feel fancy in a hotel and I would do my things. And it was just like my little time for that. And then that stopped and yeah, I think I've missed it. So yeah. And I think in this time, call it what you want, formal Friday, I don't care, but like Mm -hmm. have a day a week where you just, even if you're never leaving the house, you just put on real clothes as yeah. if you were going to be out all day and we were going to be doing like a variety of cool things, going to a museum, just dress up like we would if we were going out, mm-hmm. you know, not fancy, fancy, but just to feel a little bit more put together, yeah. a little more yourself, a little more of like a the version of you you aspire to be in a yeah. moment, you know? And like, yeah. I'm down. That sounds like a great idea okay. because I look around and I'm like, well, <laughs> this pair of pants again? If I wear them again, that's less laundry. That's less laundry for later. <laughs> you know, no one's seeing my bottom half, so whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I, I'm i down. I love okay. it. All right. <laughs> well, I hate to end on this question. Oh, that's okay. We can ask. We'll do a bonus question. Bonus question. Yeah. Okay. Of all the, this isn't the bonus. This right. is the one we're not going to end on. <laughs> right. But I'm asking it to Nate. Of all the people in your family, whose death would you find most disturbing and why? My brother. Okay. Because he's like six years younger than me. And that would like throw my whole world into like a sense of like disarray. And I I just, there's something about age. I think that's just really important. You know, obviously if you died, I would be devastated because we were married. Right. But the question's not about me. It's your family. But it's like, but that, that question (laughs) of like, what would be the most shocking? What would be the most unexpected? Disturbing. What would be the one that would disturb me the most? Yeah. And it would be it would be my my brother, you know, because yeah. he's six years younger. He's doing a lot in his life. He's very successful. He's doing really great things. And that sense of like seeing that cut short would just be really, really uh, damaging, you know. And we're not always, you know, we're not the closest. We have a big age group. We live far apart. We don't 
we don't talk as often. And so I think I would have a really hard time dealing with that, that grieving process, both what it meant in terms of his life, but also what it meant for me in terms of like feeling like I've missed out on that connection. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. All right. Um, well, my bonus was going to have to do with Thanksgiving and talking about gratitude, but yeah. you already got one of those questions okay. about gratitude. So shall I just say what I'm most grateful yes, for? Yes, I will ask moment? you this question oh, for you. Okay, okay. Emily, this Thanksgiving, what are you so thankful for? I am so thankful for the people in my life, in my immediate circle. If it weren't for them, I would be lost. And I'm really grateful. I can't stop crying this podcast. (laughs) I'm really grateful everybody's healthy Mm -hmm. and safe Mm -hmm. and stable. Even though we haven't been able to see each other, I'm really grateful for, in a lot of ways, feeling more connected with them because we're not so busy that we can't really stop and have a Zoom chat and like talk about how we're doing this week. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for our roommate um, who's been a great source of, um, I think some perspective in our household Mm -hmm. the last several months. And she's forced us to play games together, even though we get really competitive (laughs) and um, I'm going to miss her. She's actually moving out in the next couple weeks. So Nicole, we love you, Mm -hmm. but just grateful for the fact that my family lives close to me. And even though we might be masked, I can still see their eyes and I can still tell them I love them from a safe distance. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm grateful that we are all staying home this Thanksgiving so that uh, we can have many more Thanksgivings together. So that was just some... Of the 36 questions. Yeah, there were, maybe we did two-thirds of them. Yeah. Um, uh, we're going to share in the show notes a link to these questions. And they they go through a whole um, description of how to set it up. Like, put the devices away. Mm-hmm. Give yourself 45 minutes to an hour. Make eye contact with each other, which I forgot to say at the beginning. Did you see me, like, laser-focusing yeah, on your eyes? Yeah, I comfortable. <laughs> Um, so we'll we'll include all of that and it might be an interesting, uh, good exercise. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was good. Do you feel more vulnerable and like we have reached a deeper level of intimacy? I do. (gasps) Do you? I do. It works. It works. Science. (laughs) It's just science. So amazing. Uh, thank you everyone for being a part of that and allowing us to, uh, you know, cry on the podcast in front of you all. To and get really real get with real, you. Get real, real. And um, we have some exciting things coming up. So uh, one of the things we've been working on has been a radio play for the Arvada Center in Colorado. Um, Emily is directing it. And that means she's bossing me around. Trying. She's trying to. <laughs> um, and so it's the, the two of us. Uh, doing this this radio play, it's a child's Christmas in Wales, based on the short story by Dylan Thomas. That's right. And um, look for it coming out on November thirtieth. November thirtieth. We will share the link to the 
Arvada Center website where you can buy tickets. It's pay what you can. I think minimum is 10 bucks. Yeah. So for your household, it's it's a great deal. They're not trying to make any money off of this. They just want to offer some programming for the holidays and 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 stay relevant. And it's a really beautiful story for what promises to be a pretty intimate, reflective holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do all the voices. We got some um, incredible sound design by Jason Ducat. And um, there are a lot of, we sing a lot of carols and, and just tell you a little story by the fire. Absolutely. So check it out. It's lovely. And then finally, if you have been listening and enjoying um, the podcast, thank you so much for your support. And we would ask if you have anyone who you know, who you think would love to hear it or benefit from hearing it, please, please, please share with a friend, share with somebody um, so we can get, get the message out there. Um, that message bleh, that marriage is messy <laughs> and mess and, is more and mess fact. is more <laughs> thanks y'all have a wonderful thanksgiving happy holidays we're thankful for you thanks for listening to twice as less not perfect want to hear more about what it takes to have a messy marriage Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast And share us with your friends and family. You can follow us on all the socials. Find us on Facebook at Messy Marriage Podcast. And Instagram at A Messy Marriage Podcast. Have a question or an idea for an episode? Email us at lessnotperfect at gmail.com. And remember, when it comes to marriage, mess is more. Mm-hmm.